Hi, welcome to Race House with me, Joe Lee. And me, Darren Reeves. It is the Singapore Grand Prix review. We've just watched the race. Oh my God, there was everything in this race. We had double stacks, we had double attacks, we had um, heartache, heartbreak, and we had a uh, well-deserved winner, I think. Um, Darren, what did you think about this race? Well, you know, I've been telling you that I've been enjoying now watching history being made. Well, we've seen the end of that history being made, and I, I'm actually really relieved. I loved this race today. I think we've just seen three cracking races since the summer break. Uh, to see another winner, I've got to be honest, I was cheering Lando on, but I know he just didn't have the tyres, just like uh, Carlos. But I think it's been a cracking weekend, if I'm honest with you. Um, this, I always knew something would happen to stop Max maybe getting 12, 13, 14, 15, even 18 races in a row at some point. And we've seen it right from the start of this weekend that there has been some major upgrades on those cars and I'm fascinated now to see us move forward to Japan to see if everyone has actually caught up with Red Bull or is it just well, track specific? On. Go on. We can't get to Japan quite yet. We need to talk about Singapore. No, and you, you know, we I, do. I think I called this because I said about McLaren, you know, they've had some upgrades. You know, Landers had some upgrades and he got second. So I'm quite happy with myself. We should do a prediction, actually, and put some money down at the end of each. Uh, uh, I totally um, agree with you. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I'll probably lose most of it. But look, big, big. Uh, look, firstly, let's get some things out of the way. Stroll. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he crashed, had this injury. I mean, it's crazy crash. Uh, we all saw it. It doesn't help his season, um, which is no. underperforming. And then this happens as well. Not great. We won't go into it. But Red Bull was the big, big shocker. What happened to Max and Perez? What happened to the car? The car just seemed to have disappeared. I think, I think what it is, is they've been having problems with um, the ride height of the car. So it's been moving around a lot. And I think they lowered the ride height to get more grip because it was sliding around out of corners. You could see it in free practice. And so they lowered it for qualifying. And all it was doing was grounding out. And of course, as soon as it grounds out, it lifts off the ground, bounces. And I think they just had a shocker of a technical weekend all around. I think Max and Sergio would have driven exactly the same. But I think technically... That they just couldn't cope with the track where other teams made some right decisions and uh, and it's a joy to watch. Well, certainly, teams making right decisions. I mean, I think that the biggest surprise for me was Ferrari. I mean, the, you know, the pole position for signs, which was incredible, but then to hang on and, you know, we had all this pit drama, you know, everyone was uh, changing their tyres in the safety cars that we had sort of double stacks, it was really exciting when this happened and Sainz managed to regain the lead and he came home and, and won the race, I mean it was his first race win for Ferrari I mean, it sounds well, weird to say that because you think he, Ferrari should have been winning loads of times but yeah. they got the strategy right for Sainz well, <laughs> well, mate, I've got to correct you because he won Silverstone last year. That was his first race win for in Ferrari. In Ferrari? Oh, he did? Yeah. In fact, his he first did. race Sorry, win. Sorry, I apologise. Yeah. Yes. And uh, 
But um, I think we can go again right back to fr- free practice on Friday. We can even go back to how they were performing in Monza. We were like, why can they do it for Monza but nowhere else? That's what we were saying last week. They have bought what mm. they did in Monza and been better. All right, they haven't had to fight with Red Bull, which is what they had in Monza. But they have bought those upgrades to uh, Singapore as well as Monza, and we've just seen the result of it. This car is working fantastically for science. Leclerc, I think, topped free practice one, but science has topped everything since. And he's, he's, he's driving the best he's driven in his career so far. He's amazing. And I think he knows it. It and is. I think Charles knows it, knows it as well. He's on top form at the moment. He really mm. is. And it's so great to see that. And that's what we want to see in F1. We want to see this kind of really tight battle. So when we get to the end of the season, we're not sure who's going to win. Um, I think we pretty much know who's going to win this season, but um, it's just been delayed. Um, uh, obviously with Max's great performance in the first half of this season. Um, but that's come to an end now. You know, the, the, the winning streak is finished. The constructors streak is finished. Um, also, you know, who, who finished? I mean, who did not finish? I mean, look at Yuki Tsunoda. Now, um, usually not a massive story, you know, the other but it's a big story because Liam Lawson did so well again and he got points. You know, some drivers, yeah. I know George Russell had to wait a long time to get his points. Um, Signs as well. Uh, he went out the third race ever and he's up there getting points. And I think Yuki should be pretty worried about his seat as well. It's going to be a well, coin toss between him and Daniel. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the fact that um, I think Yuki was on two points before today and Liam's just gone out and finished ninth. He's on two points. Daniel obviously hasn't scored any yet. But. Yeah, I think Yuki is under massive pressure from both Ricardo and Lawson, and I think this is going to be the biggest mm. story from now to the end of the season. We, like as you said, just repeating you, we know who's won uh, the world championship. There's d- there's no argument. Totally mm. um, deserves it. That's all absolutely fine. But um, Lawson has just driven outrageously. He. You know, to see him pass Max Verstappen today, I know there were circumstances. For him to knock Max out of Q2 yesterday, you know, this is, you know, he, this is way beyond expectation and some. It's a dream for him. And I wish him all the best of luck. We want to see some rookies. I love the fact Daniel came back, but has Daniel had his time? You know, um, is Yuki a future Formula One world champion? You know, probably not. So where do we go with it? We need to be bringing these rookies in. Drogovic last year, who's um, Ferrari's mm. uh, third driver. We need to be seeing it in the same way Piastri is coming at McLaren. We need this turnover of new drivers. And th- I think I think two or three seasons for these rookies, if they haven't done it, haven't delivered, you know, it's a tough, tough world. Liam Lawson, awesome. Awesome. Driver of the day. Do you know what could be a great surprise is um, I think he could be. I mean, I don't know if he was voted that. Uh, Maybe Science got it. I'm I'm not sure. I think Science did get um, it. uh, Did he? Yeah. But I know Liam Lawson was on third uh, for the the, the votes. 
um, and deservedly so. But hey, what about this crazy prediction that Daniel and Yuki stay at AlphaTauri and Liam Lawson joins Max Verstappen at Red Bull? Well, it, listen, is this is not out of the question at all. Sergio, well, I know it was the car. It, it, it's just not happening for him, is it? And I think it is momentum. I think it's no. confidence. Um, all, all these things that you need to succeed. You know, Max's, Max's momentum and confidence for those 10 race wins is it just builds and builds. Sergio, you know, he thought he... I, I genuinely still believe when he went to Monaco, he thought he could win the world champion. Chip, and this last six months, three months, whatever, has really knocked him. I think for the first time in his career, mm. he doesn't think he can win the world championship. And that's a no, massive, massive thing. Yeah, it's a massive thing. And, and talk about getting knocked. I mean, we look at Alonso as well. You know, like, mm. you kind of think some races, oh, he's going to get a podium. I mean, this is going to be lovely. It's a fairy tale. It's great for Aston Martin. But look, the bow tie did not work. Uh, yeah. You know, Aston Martin didn't have the pace. Um, and, uh, you know, it was stroll out, you know. Um, probably didn't expect him to get points, uh, I think, in this race anyway, if he was still going. But uh, Alonso, pretty pretty poor form. I don't know what happened there. The car perhaps let him down. Um, he had that um, crazy uh, uh, penalty, which happened because of the uh, the he locked up, didn't he, as he was going into the, yeah, the pit lane, into the pits, um, which didn't help uh, obviously um, at all. Um, so yeah, that that kind of cost him. Um, and and drama in the pits. I mean, sorry, going back to the clerk, that whole thing when Mercedes double stacked and they brought the yeah. Ferraris in just before, but they didn't release the clerk because they had to let Hamilton go. C correct, who was double stacking Leclerc, as well. Place behind Norris. Yeah. Yes, it was fascinating. And Leclerc did come out the worse for it, unluckily. Um, you know, but the watching the double stacks, it's so exciting to see all this pit lane drama and the, you know, the jeopardy of what, what if they do crash? What if somebody comes out early? It, it's just, this is why we watch it. Just going back to Alonso, where he outbraked himself going into the pits and crossed that white line. For those who don't, you know, mm. don't know the rules of it, you once you attempt to go into the pits, you cannot cross the line to come back out. He outbraked himself and went across that line. I, he then went back across it again to go into the yeah. pits, yeah. and I was thought he might have got two penalties for that. So once he'd gone outbraked himself once, he should have carried on on the track, I think. So I think he got away with it lightly. Uh, then he had trouble in the pits with the tyre change, with the jacks not going up. But he was at one oh, point yes. behind Max. Ma when Max was on his first set of tyres and they were really gone, he was holding up a big DRS train from, I think, somewhere around ninth or 10th, right back. You know, they were, he was holding up the... Like, to watch Max Verstappen holding up the back markers... It's just insane to believe we've been watching this. So I think Alonso was just wrong place, wrong time, two or three times in a row. And that's what ultimately meant a 15th place finish. A really bad day, if not the worst weekend for Aston Martin. Yeah, you're right. I, I forgot a lot about those details. And I remember seeing the, uh, the, the tyre change in the pits and I thought, oh my God, it's one of those. Um, they literally had to lift the car up to be able to get yeah. that tyre on. The, tire uh, the guys were literally right lifting up their hands. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> so maybe it was a back um, a jack failure. Um, I don't know. But yeah, probably something like that. But yeah, that's excruciating when 
you know, they know they're counting one Mississippi, two Mississippi. That's off. it. Um, and, and it didn't it didn't quite happen for them. It you didn't. Know. And Joe, you um, and I also have been walking. Go on, you and I have been walking up that pit lane at various races, watching these mm. uh, pit crews. Even on a Thursday, I can remember you and I in Portugal standing over the top of what mm. was uh, what was uh, Racing Point, now Aston Martin, watching them practice and practice and practice. This is every weekend they're doing it, every day of every weekend. They're probably doing it back at the factory as well. They uh, this is these pit stops, and and then when it comes to it, it all goes wrong. But that's why we watch it. Yeah, that's why we watch it because these are the moments where you can lose time and you can gain time, and especially with the safety cars and the virtual safety cars, a safety car essentially halves the time that you're going to kind of be penalised for, not penalised, but it, that you're going to take um, changing your tyres. So that's why everybody dives into the pits uh, when there's a, a safety car. Um, I think it takes from what twenty seconds to about ten. Well, 22, do you know what? Nor- normally, I'd say at most tracks the pit stop. Um, takes about 20 seconds but due to the pit lane entry due to the length of it whatever this is 29 seconds it takes to do a pit stop in Singapore so this is a massive difference so for that to be halved of course brings us down to 15 you know so again the difference between 29 and 14 15 it's huge and you saw it with the fact the Red Bulls didn't come in. The only team not to come in under that first safety car. And I was like, they j- they've rolled the dice. They have to do something different, which they did. But of course, their tyres just, they, they hang out, hung out waiting for another safety car, which, which didn't come until just after they'd pitted where we then got the virtual just safety after. car because of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, you know, um, but but this is, it, it, it had everything for me, this race. There was even a slight jeopardy that they were talking about some rain about a third of the way through it. Um, McLaren seemed to think there was mm. going to be a couple of minutes. and I, But it never came. But, you know, just have, having had the weather dictate Zandvoort three weeks ago, I was like, oh, here we go. Here's a bit more coming. But it didn't. Uh, well, but it I was, didn't need it. It was so warm there. Yeah, it was so warm there. It was so hot. You could see it. I mean, if you're on the social media accounts, people watching, you probably saw about 500 ice baths happening uh, in the paddock. It looks like every single team had bought one of these uh, Lumi uh, ice baths or they've used a container that they use for shipping. Certainly Haas do that. Haas use like a little kind of shipping container box, whereas um, I think McLaren have got like a proper... Amazon bought uh, ice bath <laughs> uh, inflatable thing, and and all the social media posts were about all the drivers in their ice baths uh, this weekend, um, which was funny to see. Um, it was so hot. I mean, but the, at some points I was watching Max; he was sliding around that track. A lot of these guys they were sliding around everywhere. As a result, you saw a lot of runoff areas being used. You saw a lot of little mistakes, and. Well, you know, look at Ocon. He had a great race. I mean, that was a power failure oh. in the end. Um, yeah. But that was, I was gutted for I, him because he had I, a really, really good race. I was gutted really because race. it was his birthday. That's why I was gutted, mate. It was happy birthday to yes. Ocon today, by the way. Um, but he he was driving a great race there with Alonso and Gasly, stuck behind Verstappen, you know, that midsection of it. He was there. I think um, Alpine have really... Their their battle has always been with Aston Martin, really. Uh, they've all, uh, until this season, but I think they're there with Aston Martin now, where Aston haven't developed as well as other teams. Alpine are in there with them, and seeing them today with Alonso, I thought they had a great race. 
unlucky for Esteban. Uh, but Gasly finished sixth today, a, a, a great result. Mm-hmm. You know, sadly, Max Max got him and Max nearly got Leclerc, to be fair, uh, at the end. So his mm. tyres really did switch off. But it showed you how important tyre management was today. It's, it's funny because I think when you're new to the sport and you're watching it, you think, oh, they just need to go fast, they need to drive well, and yes, you need good strategy and all this kind of stuff. You don't really think about these tyres. And mm. what we don't quite understand is that they're going up to like, what, 250 miles an hour, something like this. You know, yeah. these tyres are red hot and they are on real tarmac. This is a street race. So there's all the imperfections that you have from a road and they do give it a good uh, clean and a good surface, you know, make sure it's all, all fine for the race. But still, the degradation, and when you look near the end of the race, there's bits of tyre everywhere, all over the track. It was shocking today. The marbles, yeah. You know, they, they were there, you know, right on the, on the driving line. Yeah, and the debris from Logan Sargent. Cut. Yeah, courtesy of Logan, um, but uh, uh, he 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 added to the uh, to the booby traps that he laid on the track, which triggered safety car. Um, but yeah, the track was oh my god! I mean, and this is a real street, so they're going to have to clean this up before well, they let real cars back on there. Joe, I think it's really interesting where um, in Monaco now they resurface the track every year, so it's had street street vehicles running oh. on it and people spilling oil and diesel everywhere um and uh so monaco resurfaced but singapore don't you can see where they've blacked out all the uh, all the road markings or even some of them are still there and i think that's had a massive effect on how these tires react to the degradation of the tire um the temperatures of the tire and um how important you know everybody was saying oh it's a one-stop race and I was sat there at the start of the race going, I think this is a two-stop race. And we've always had a safety car in Singapore ever since it started in 2008. Um, so we, we and, and Lewis interviewed just after the race said it was always a two-stop race. Always a two-stop race because of the tyres. So uh, it's, mm. it, it, it's really interesting to see how much it affects. It's not just about the driver. It's not just about the car. It's how all, how both of those are affected by that one thing that connects the car and the driver to the ground, and that is the tyre. They are hugely influential. And I, I love it. I'd love to see another tyre manufacturer back in Formula 1. We had Bridgestone and Goodyear. We, you know, we've got, um, we've got Pirelli at the moment, but I'd love to see that come back and some tyre competitions going on. It'd be great. I think that would be good. I mean, also, I mean, if you've never been up close to a Formula One car, if you if you see one, and sometimes they have display cars in malls, if you're not near uh, an F1 car, or if you're very lucky enough to, to go to the circuit and to the track and to the paddock, um, these things are colossal. I think the F1 car is about three metres long, and uh, probably, I don't know, two metres wide. They are really big. Um, and the tyres are huge. We're they not talking about your normal kind of car tyres. They're probably double, at least double the width of a car tyre, I'd mm. say, um, and bigger in radius and, and diameter. So um, they're huge things. And, you know, you have to be very precise when you're driving, I guess, because they're going around these bends, they're going around these corners, and you don't want to clip your tyre against the side of a track like George Russell did. A heartbreaking well. moment. 
He was right behind Lando Norris. And Lando clipped the side. You could see a little bit of dust just coming off there. And George, well, he, I think he was focusing too much on Lando. He didn't exactly see where. He really smacked that and he went straight into the barrier. I mean, he was pretty much guaranteed a third on that podium. And he had to basically, he, he gave it up for Lewis. I mean, heart, heartache for George. He, he was under pressure from Lewis as well. Uh, Lewis, I think, was faster behind him. Uh, but to, to see uh, George, you know, he knew he had a faster car than Lando, but I think the strategy played out by Carlos at the front to give Lando DRS, which meant that George couldn't use his DRS to get past Lando, was some of the best strategic driving I've seen in years uh, in those last mm. sort of seven or eight laps um, was just brilliance, which has pushed Carlos really up up a bit higher in my estimation, really. The thought process is it was all about who can drive the slowest. And sometimes that is Formula <laughs> One, tyre protection, tyre management, DRS management, um, conser conserving everything. And it worked. He did it at the right time. And George just basically misjudged that corner, focusing on Lando, because he knew it was now or never. And the pressure from Lewis, just the yeah. combination of all of it. And I was gutted. I actually had Russell down to win today. Uh, and uh, and it looked like it, mm. looked like it was going to happen, didn't it, running in there at the end. Uh, he's, he's driving as well as he's driven. So really fast. unlucky today. But good on him for going for it. We want to see them go for it. But things happen when yeah. you do that. They could have stayed safe. As we I've saw in Monza with the two Ferraris at the mm. end of last race. It's just wonderful to see this racing. It was great. And I love the fact that specifically the commentators on TV were saying, hey, look, you know, they've got fresher tyres. They're gaining on them. And it was like a couple of sharks just kind of like honing in on their prey. And I love that feeling because I used to get that with Lewis when he was hunting everyone down and picking them off. And, you know, it was it was such a great feeling. Um, and this was great. Again, this was, hey, Mercedes, they're back. And I really felt that all oh, the, the threat of the Mercedes. Um, and yeah, I, I think, look, you got one lap left. Yes, you want to go for it. But you've got to think in your mind, I don't want to mess this up because I do want a podium finish. I, I agree with you. The pressure from Lewis was insane. He even said on the radio, you know, George needs to pick up the pace. And yeah, um, I think Lewis was faster. He had a lot more grip. Um, uh, but how can you change cars around in this in this situation? You can't. You can't. It, it, it was, you know, you take both, both of the cars out, you know, and then uh, I, I don't know. It, it was a tough I, one. Bad for George. It's happened a couple of times to him in his career, actually. Yeah. Williams, I remember he did this. <laughs> um, he did. He did. Don't experience, perhaps. In Imola, he hit Bottas when Bottas was in the Mercedes at the time. They took each other out. Uh, but I just want to go back to team orders. Look, you just touched on it just then, where um, where we can't switch Lewis and George around at that point in time to try and see if Lewis can get past Norris. There just wasn't time. But they... But... Um, with that and last week with team orders with Ferrari, we talked about, you know, should Leclerc have finished in front of science and they shouldn't have been fighting. The Constructors' Championship is worth so much money in compared to the Drivers' Championship. Uh, 
the, all the prize money goes to the Constructors' Championship, if you didn't know that. So all the teams get the money. The teams then pay the drivers with that money. But as fans, as human beings, we connect much more with the drivers and the nationalities of the drivers mm. and the hunger of the drivers than we do maybe the Constructors' Championship. But but for t- to, to be doing team orders and be safe... It's, br- it's sensible from a business point of view for these teams. From a fan's point of view, we want to see this racing and to, to allow Mercedes to race each other this time, to allow Ferrari to race each other in Monza two weeks ago. We're seeing what the fans want to see. And and, and I wonder if this is coming from the top a little bit more, from Dominicale or something, to say, look, let's let these guys race, you know, and trust them and, uh, you know, Drivers mm. have to trust each other. These are the top, top, top guys in the world, you know. So um, I think it's been brilliant to watch. Yeah. No, it's been good. And just about the constructors, I mean, as we stand there, Red Bull are, are in the lead, um, and you know, obvious favourites to, to win this. I think they can't, mm. but not win this. Um, but Mercedes the second, but two hundred eighty-nine points. Ferrari close at two six-five. So you know. Um, Really, they needed George to finish this because I think it cost them 22 points. And Toto For even sure. said this in 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 the post race. He said, "You know, it cost me 22 points. You know, <laughs> you know this kind of stuff in the constructors." And you're right. That's what they care. That's what Toto cares about because yeah. he's going to pay all the bills. You know, so um, that is super super important. So he's probably resigned to being second, but he wants to make sure he gets second. He doesn't want to be third behind Ferrari. And Ferrari now with signs. You know, in his stride, they're going to celebrate tonight. I'm sure the Tafosi back in Italy are going to be uh, celebrating as well. You know, on to Japan. Um, let's talk about Japan now. Um, okay. It's a real favourite track by so many drivers. Yeah. Why do you think that is, Darren? I think it has the combination of everything a racetrack needs. You've got um, uh, Turn 1, which is so famous for when Senna and uh, Prost took each other off for the World Championship back in 88 or 89, something like that. Um, I always think of that when I see the start of, of the Japanese Grand Prix. And then you come around that first corner and then you've got this uh, left-hander followed by a right-hander, followed by a left-hander, followed by a right-hander. And it's just awesome Okay, to watch and that's very, the very end Maggots of Darren's spoiler uh, heavy uh, track for the next episode of Race House, but um, <laughs> but in general, because we're gonna we, have, we want we want you to do this for the next episode. We're gonna take all the yeah, right, all yeah. the jazz and the juice you've got. Um, yeah. But in general, wh- why is it such a favourite? Is it because it's is it just fast? Is it twisty and turny? Why do they like it? As I said, it's got everything. It's got the twists and turns. It's got a really, really long straight as well before you come into the final chicane, which is there. Um, And it's in a figure of eight, which is the only circuit that has a bridge on it that does a figure of eight, which just makes it that bit more interesting again. So it's just different. It's it's a a Mm. classic track. Um, And also, I think... I don't know if you've ever been to Japan, Joe, but it's one of the most amazing experiences. I, I, I worked in Tokyo and Osaka oh, no. and tried to arrange for me to go and visit Suzuka, but the schedule just didn't allow for that to, to actually happen between the two festivals that I was doing out there. Um, so it's a track I've never been to, but the culture of Japan is so magical and so different to any other country that you go over there and you embrace that culture 
and puts you in a different mindset, I think, for the weekend for anybody that's working there or going over to to watch the race. So I think it's a combination of all these things that just make a bit of magic for the drivers compared to some of the other European races, maybe. Yeah, it's good. And also, I think from a sustainability perspective, Formula One are um, trying to make roads to make the whole series a bit you know, as, as sustainable as possible because um, we know look, it's a, a spectacle it's a moving circus with you know, thousands of tons of equipment um but by by grouping races together in their region um it works because you are saving the you know the freight costs and you know the distance traveled um, what many people don't know is that there are multiple sets of freight that go around. So you have a European set, you have a, an, an America set, uh, you have an Asian set, a Middle Eastern set, um, and that is helping to kind of you know minimise uh, movements and, and carbon emissions, I essentially. It is. It, it definitely is. Um, and, I, and I think also, Joe, with that, I, I don't think they actually have the same set consecutive weekends anymore. Um, I think a lot of it no, is being set up already. Frog. Yeah, I think they do. So, so you'll do yeah. you'll pack up in Singapore, and they'll go off to Japan where they've already unloaded some stuff and so on. But but the Singapore stuff will be going to Qatar or or whatever. I think it's four sets that just loop around um, and follow them. And they're doing a mm. lot more sea freight now than air freight. Uh, obviously, the drivers and team mm. or the the personnel are flying because of time but a, a lot of this freight is uh, is sea freight which which i think extreme e have been doing as well making sure that they do all sea freight so i think this is a massive massive step towards this net zero in 2030 that we see printed around everywhere um and the fact that i think formula one has to be a leader in this uh for other industries so it's it, it's wonderful to see and to understand it, it is. And actually, for our part, you know, we plant trees with OneTreePlanted.org. And I'll put a little graphic here. Um, they're really good. Coldplay used them on their concert series on their tour um, where they offset um, some carbon emissions. It's like a dollar a tree. And um, it's really easy. You can just do a direct debit and uh, 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month is 100 trees. Um, so um, that's a really nice way to do your bit. And if you're interested in doing that, check out one. What I call it? What is it called? One Tree Planted. Yeah, OneTreePlanted.org. And um, I put um, something here so people can check that out. We're looking forward to Japan next week. We'll be back uh, with Race House. Please like and subscribe to the channel. Check out the merch on racehouse.cc. Um, Darren's put his order in now, so uh, it's going to be arriving uh, very soon. And uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> we'll see how long the freight takes. Well, if it's sea I'm freight, it might take a while. It might take a while, mate. But uh, I just want to, before we go, I just want to shout out to one of our listeners or watchers, a guy called Harry. He knows who he is, but he's been saying he's loving watching this podcast, Joe. So uh, it's a little shout out to him. And uh, it's a little tester to see oh, if fantastic. you're watching. <laughs> Hi, Harry. Hi, Harry. If you made it to the end, then uh, you'll, we'll send you a cap or something at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks to, to Harry for watching and uh, and thank you for watching as well, Race House. We'll be back next time with the Japanese Grand Prix preview. And again, if you have any comments or queries, do pop them in the comments box and we will try and get back to you. Perhaps Harry, if you have a comment, write it in the comment box and uh, you can be one of our first commenters. Um, but for now, it's uh, goodbye from myself, Joe. And it's goodbye from me, Darren. Take care, guys. <laughs>